All right, uh, welcome to the Indiana preview uh, edition of the Stouse Cast. Uh, this is going to be a uh, truncated version can, because we spent so much time uh, getting in our feelings on the Ace Pod uh, just yesterday. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll just step right into it here. Um, I figured we, you know, would kind of start off with just what sort of changed our in terms of our perception about uh, Michigan's team. Um, just off the top of my head, I think we are decidedly less optimistic about the corners, um, and, you know, potentially also less optimistic about the defensive tackles, um, you know, and, uh, have a little bit of a better idea of what, uh, of what Joe Milton actually is as a passer. Um, Connor, do you have any thoughts about, uh, you know, what's changed about your perception of Michigan's team? Yeah, I mean... I actually think that the jury the jury is out on a lot of these things for me more than it is for a lot of fans. Um, I understand the anger and the extreme pessimism about certain things. I think the only thing that really made me so so as far as the potential for the team, I should say, the only thing that I'm like despairing about is the cornerback situation because that's a puzzle that's going to be hard to solve. Everything else, there is so much variance between the Minnesota game and the Michigan State game that I need more data before I draw conclusions because, like, so much of it, to me, seems to come down to the difference between a very good game plan on both sides of the ball in the Minnesota game and a very bad game plan on both sides of the ball, perhaps historically bad, in the Michigan State game. Uh, And then also the, the difference in the vibes and the way the team was just, like, emotionally prepared, which really mattered in the Michigan State game. So I guess my point is, like, cornerback... Very pessimistic, very worried, very angry about that. Um, other stuff, I-, I need to see more. I probably need to see one or two more games before drawing conclusions. So that's where we are. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think I think the definite negative is cornerback play. I mean, there's no way around it. It's it's going to be a rough go of it this season unless major adjustments are made. Um, so you know, to just get getting to know Indiana a little bit. Um, I think Indiana season thus far is equally you know a little ambiguous. Um, they're 2-0. They're ranked number 13th in the nation, which you got to feel good for any Indiana fans given how much heartbreak they've had to go through. Um, but, I mean, I think it's fair to say I, I think 13th is definitely very, um, you know, bullish, um, overrated uh, for Indiana. This team had no business beating Penn State the first week of the season. Um, and then, you know, I would say they handled Rutgers, but it also wasn't necessarily the pasting that you would expect um, – a good team to put on Rutgers. Um, you know, but that said, like, this is a very competent team. Um, I think I think Michael Penix uh, Jr. has, you know, lived up to expectations to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's, I think this is, this is definitely a team that Michigan is going to, you know, take seriously. Yeah, I mean, I take them seriously. Any fan in their right mind should take them seriously. They are, you know, they're an underdog type team that doesn't have amazing talent in terms of recruiting profile, but you know they have guys on both sides of the ball that can hurt you. Um, and I mean, I guess we're gonna go in detail on uh, on that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see any kind of I could see a, a really wide range of outcomes here. Like, if Indiana blew Michigan out, we as Michigan fans would obviously be unhappy, but I don't think it would be like a true shocker for any of us. Um, if it were any, any kind of close game, it wouldn't be a shocker. And if Michigan blew Indiana out, that also wouldn't shock me. So we are just at the precipice of something very strange here. 
that that will be that the chaos. We live in a chaotic time. The chaos dragon is flying rampant in our universe, and it's going to apply to this game. I think. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think all we know this team is better than Rutgers, significantly better than Rutgers. Which hey, you know, isn't nothing. I think transitively Michigan is now you know on par with Rutgers. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, we know that they're, they're significantly better than Rutgers and we know that they're significantly worse than Penn state. Um, even though, you know, they didn't, they, they beat Penn state, but I mean, it, you know, I, I, I don't have to go through the box score, but they clearly were the worst team than Penn state. Um, so that's a pretty wide range. Um, we have no idea really where to put them. Um, just going to, so, you know, getting a little bit more in depth into, you know, their, the makeup of their team. Quarterback, um, as we've you know mentioned many times before, many jokes have been made. Michael Penix Jr. That's Penix with an X at the end. Um, was very bad against Penn State um, and very good against Rutgers. Um, so again, like just a huge range of potential outcomes here. Um, you know, is our secondary more of a tough test than uh, Rutgers? Ugh, you know, who know who knows at this point. I mean, um, look, like it will be if. Michigan plays their most talented guys in a realistic scheme. Uh, will they do that? I mean, will Will Zordich and Don Brown like actually have some humility and some realism about what they're throwing out there? I don't know, man. I mean, they didn't do it last week, so yeah. I mean, look, this is it, last week had to be a wake up call, and you know, this is a quarter again. Like like we've been saying, you know, that this team needs to take Indiana seriously. Um, this is a quarterback that needs to be taken seriously. This is a quarterback that you know, is going to hit downfield shots at a higher clip than Rocky Lombardi and is going to hurt you with his legs um, a lot worse than Rocky Lombardi and create a lot more extended plays, you know, a lot more than Tanner Morgan. So, you know, I'd say this is the best quarterback Michigan's faced so far. I don't think it's necessarily all that close. Tanner Morgan's looked rough this year. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm high on, I'm high on uh, Phoenix. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think he's good and I think it's, it's going to be a, a big challenge. Um, yeah. he, and he's also probably the best player on this, uh, Indiana offense. Yeah. A lot of upside. I mean, at his best Phoenix has looked like what Michigan fans hope Joe Milton would be like. Just a big rugged athletic guy who's mobile, you know, good arm, um, plays boldly. Like, I think there's a lot of, a lot of parallels to be drawn there with what we want to see from Milton, but like at his, at his worst, I mean, the Penn state game. Up until he just sort of like went super cyan and became this, you know, <laughs> immortal fire-breathing dragon at the end of that game, he was bad. I mean, I watched that game, and like when I say bad, I don't just—I'm not looking at box score. I'm looking at a guy who is making just bad throws constantly. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variance with him. Uh, we expected him to be like, you know, uh, pretty high on all Big Ten potential lists this year, and I don't know if he's on track for that really, but like, dangerous guy, and and I think like. I just want to stress stress this point. Like, I believe Michigan can, can play better in the secondary than we saw against Michigan State because that was so bad. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how you fail to improve upon that. If you fail to improve upon that, I'm fine. Like, firing some guys midseason because it's just like, <laughs> all right. But like, it, the, the thing is that that happened against um, receivers who are probably worse than Indiana because Indiana. Well, we're gonna get into that. I'll just say for now, let's stick to Phoenix, and I'll just say. Like, he's such a better quarterback than Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi still sucks. Like, he he still threw a great number of terrible passes, faced very little pressure, and he made, like, the same throw seven times, and that's why Michigan State won the game. And Michigan couldn't handle that smoke. So, you know, you figure if Phoenix comes out and has a good game, all else being equal from last week, they're going to torch Michigan. 
so all else needs to not be equal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the kind of player that if this defense play, if this secondary plays like it did last week, um, he could win the game all by himself. Um, so moving on to the offensive line for Indiana, um, they've they've got a, a left tackle, Matthew Bedford, who is like kind of uh, you know uh, Doctor Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Did I get that right? Is that the I'm, I'm so bad with literature. You got references. it. You got it. <laughs> okay. Um, he's a great run blocker and cannot pass block at all. Um, they've got a really bad guard and an okay one, um, a good center in Harry Kreider, um, and then uh, their other tackle, Caleb Jones, is also a horrendous pass blocker and um, can't run block. So, I mean, this this offensive line has more good players and like more like higher highs than Michigan State, but they have two awful pass-protecting tackles. I think this might be a worse matchup for Indiana than it was for Michigan State. Um, you know, I, I mean, look on paper, I feel like this is the type of the type of front that Michigan should be able to dominate. But you know, we said that last week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say, right? Because like we were saying, based on loads of empirical evidence, that Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson were going to eat all day long against Michigan State's tackles. There was every reason to expect that. It's not just, it's not just Michigan homers, and that's what draft projections and stuff say, right? And then they didn't like at all uh <laughs> one of the most baffling things i've ever seen on the field i've seen bad cornerback play before that was i mean that that, that talk about dr jekyll and mr hyde there i it was like a body body switch situation for those guys um so yeah i mean if they bounce back and look like they should and they'll have every motivation to do so because everyone i mean here's one thing that's important for michigan this michigan team like they better look motivated if they're not motivated we've got some like deep deep locker room problems um I think they will be very motivated. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you expect on paper Quiddy and Aiden to just eat these guys up, but like, whew, didn't see it last week. Yeah, I mean, I think PFF had uh, Quiddy and Aiden both with like they had they had Aiden with a really good game, but most of it was on the ground. Um, they they didn't have the dominant pass rushing game you'd want them to have, you know. But the majority of the evidence suggests that these guys are you know still like good pass rushers and these are bad offensive tackles i look if they're not getting home with consistency in this game we've got bigger issues um and, and you know you have to wonder like hey why are these guys being projected as you know top uh you know first round picks um from a skill position perspective uh you know the biggest thing here i don't think you know stevie scott's been a little bit off this year um i don't know how much you can pin on the offensive line versus how much you can pin on um you know uh their running back room uh, they just they haven't been able to run the ball really well against Penn State or Rutgers. Um, but that said, I mean, I think Penn State and Rutgers both have good defensive fronts. Um, like, I know that sounds crazy to say about Rutgers, but, like, Rutgers has had a good run defense thus far this year. Um, and Penn State, obviously, is a very good defense. So, you know, but that said, like, I don't expect them to have much success running the ball against Michigan if they couldn't run the ball against the other two. Um, you know, Michigan State didn't have any success running the ball against Michigan either. Um, so, you know, I don't know, it's par for the course here, probably another sub four yards per carry performance. Um, and then at wide receiver, uh, they've got Watt Fillier and Ty Freifogel, and then, you know, a handful of other guys. Um, and I mean, quite frankly, these are going to be guys that are good enough to burn Michigan's, uh, corners. <laughs> like if they play the same way that they played last week. Um, so, yeah. you know, I want to drive that point home here, which is like, Seth got about as mad about this as I've ever heard him get on the pod talking about Ricky White, who is a true freshman, you know, three-star for Michigan State that, like, 
Michigan made him look like Jerry Judy combined with DK Metcalf, basically. Like, just, you know, he just, just absolutely toasted, you know, Vincent Gray, uh, you know, every single time just bolted right past him and caught and caught a long pass, like just like clockwork. It was, it, you know, it's one of the most obscene things I've seen in Michigan football. And, and as Seth said, there was a sense of that. He's like, this guy can't run a route. Ricky White didn't run a route that entire game. He just sprinted down the sideline, which like, it, you know, anybody can do if they're fast. And then you hope they catch the ball, which he did. Right. Like, and, and, you know, I, I don't know that Watt Fillier and Trifa, uh, Ty Freifogel are like, incredible receivers they certainly have had a good track record to put up some numbers in indiana and they can run a route <laughs> like right. you know yeah they can do receiver things that michigan state didn't even have to do um i mean isn't so Fillier is a pretty small slot guy right yeah he's a slot so i mean that's the one positive he's gonna be matched up on dax hill who you know was very good against michigan state um and you know i mean we, we know what dax hill is at this point so you know if, if dax can lock down Watt Fillier and then ty freifogel like I mean, the problem is, like, there's Indiana has a handful of, like, decent to good receivers, like, you know, that are probably better than the guys Michigan State had. So, you know, even if you, if you have um, Dax taking away the slot, which he did last week, you know, you're you're going to have guys on the outside that, that are probably going to be able to consistently win matchups against, you know, Vincent Gray and uh, and to a lesser extent, Jemon Green. I mean, I feel good about Jemon in this game. In this game, honestly, for a guy who's a brand new starter and has been put in a situation where his coaches clearly don't know what to do with their players, he's looked good. I know he didn't have a perfect game against Michigan State, but like that one touchdown catch was like, you know, fit into like a very narrow window. The receiver made a great play on it. I don't really blame him for that. I would have liked to see him catch that interception, but again, like he was, you know, he's falling to the ground, doesn't expect it to be there. Like, I don't look at those as like, you know, these are bad plays. And he's got the athleticism. Like physically, he can do it. You know. Um, which Greg clearly can't. Uh, so, I mean, I will say, like, I, I don't feel those two matchups, Fillier and Freifo, will, you know, I think we know he's going to cover both of those guys, I assume, unless Gray's covering one of them again. Um, I, and this is the thing where it's like, you're going to, you know, Indiana has other receivers who are competent, who are at least as competent as Michigan State's unimpressive receivers who all look like All-Americans um, against Michigan. Uh, I, I think that, like, what I want to see, and I don't think I'm going to get to see it, what I want to see is a guy like Andre Selden out there who, like, we know from his high school film and his physical attributes is like a really great cover guy. He's just short and he's not probably not doing everything hundred percent perfect in practice. So you play the guy who runs a four seven over him for, for some godforsaken reason. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just, it just, it just makes me yeah. really angry. This is the like, week of corner ranting. <laughs> for it, it is. I, mean, I just wanted to say like, uh, you know, put Selden out there. Like again, it's like, or, or, you know, even, even guys like George Johnson, the third or Eamon Dennis, who are like project corners, but have the athleticism in theory. Um, or DJ Turner, who's supposed to have at least a little more speed than like Gray, like what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to make a mistake. Like, are they going to make a mistake worse than having a forty-yard bomb thrown over their head every single time? Like, <laughs> so you know, I mean, I mean, truly, like, I, I want to see the secondary shaken up, and and like, it's it's this is a major test of the coaching staff. If they can't, if they can't find ways to get something out of to look at their entire bench and their entire bag of tricks and get something out of the secondary, like. Yeah, I mean, I say fire Zordich this week. Like, just I'm sick of this. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, you know, we'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about that matchup a little bit more. You know, when we kind of do our predictions slash key, slash key matchups. But I do agree with you. Um, so Indiana's defense. Um, oh, by the way, before defense, we before we move on, we should mention they have a very good tight end, Peyton Hendershot. 
Oh, yes. I did not even put him on there. Uh, yeah, Peyton Hendershot is good. Um, <laughs> he is... Uh, let me <laughs> let me see if I can just uh, look him up on PFF real quick. I'll cut this part out. Um... <laughs> it's fine. You can leave it in. I just had to bring <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, leave it in. This like, is better. He's yeah, a exactly. Threat. This is the real stuff. He's, he's their best. Oh, yeah. He's their third best. They're probably second best, actually, pass catcher. So... Yeah, no, he's good. He's a good receiver, um, and he's a uh, pretty pretty decent blocker as well, which like makes him a great blocker for a tight end. Like pretty much all tight ends suck at blocking nowadays. But yeah, no, um, he's a threat, and uh, you know I'm, I'm not as worried about that as I am about the wide receivers. But uh, it, it will be a, you know he will be able to get some things. Um, moving on to defense uh, on Indiana's defensive line, um, this they have like an army of guys that are all just like very mediocre. Um, I would say, like, think Michigan's defensive tackle situation, um, but for their defensive ends and defensive tackles. Um, they have a lot of depth. They rotate a ton of guys in. Uh, I think they have, like, you know, four starters or eight, you know, eight actual starters. Like, they, they rotate a ton. But none of them really do anything particularly well. Um, you know, none of them really even stood out against Rutgers, you know, who has a bad offensive line. Um, so, you know... Uh, this, this feels like a front that Michigan's offensive line should be able to move around. Um, I know that Michigan's offensive line came, you know, down, down hard against, uh, Michigan state, which, you know, I think Michigan state has a really good defensive front, quite frankly. Um, and I'm not, I'm not just saying that cause Michigan got their ass beat last week. I just, I, I look at it player by player and I think they have a pretty good defensive front. Um, but you know, no, no they I do. Think, I, I buy that take. Yeah. 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 No, I think they've got two, two good, def- I mean, we're not talking about Michigan state right now, but you know, um, they've got two def- good defensive ends and two good defensive tackles and, you know, some, some really good linebacker play. So, um, but anyway, you know, the, I think I think that these guys are guys that Michigan should be able to, you know, move around. And if they're u- using the quarterback in the run game, um, you know, like, and they're getting the numbers, like, I, I, I think Michigan can handle this defensive front. Yeah, I mean, it's way too early to, like, despair about the offensive line. They didn't have a great game. Um we're still waiting on UFR, I think, but like, you know, there, there were some misassignments that were pretty obvious, even, even to casual watchers. Um, just not a big come down from the Minnesota game where they mashed against what we have discovered is an absolutely dire defense that Minnesota has. Um, and you know, part of that, like you said, is that Michigan had a great game plan and they have pretty good players up front. Um, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, I am, Still optimistic about this offensive line because we we do believe in Ed Warner on this podcast. I still very much believe in him, and I believe in the talent on this line. Um, I also believe that if the talent on this line is not working, they have backups who are pretty promising and should should get to play instead, probably. Um, so yeah, I think they can probably mash. Uh, if they don't mash, then we're having a much different conversation, probably about the outcome of this game and uh, about the whole situation in the program. So here's hoping. No, I agree. I think that this. This defense, this uh, offensive line, you know, didn't play badly enough necessarily last week to lose them the game altogether. Like it was, this was not like a, you know, um, a horrible performance like we saw in like 2017. Like it was just one where they probably lost. They they lost more than they won, but they still won enough that if the play calling was better, I think you could have seen a lot more. You know, a lot more efficient of an offense. Um, moving on to the next level here, uh, they have, they have solid, I really think everything else about this defense is like solid to good. Um, the most frustrating part, 
I think, you know, they've got solid linebackers, um, you know, that are probably a little bit athletically limited, but, you know, that's that's par for the course. Um, and they've got, you know, really solid safeties that can definitely come up and tackle. Um, and then they've got, like, four pretty good corners, which is just so so goddamn frustrating. Every single one see. of those guys would have decommitted from Indiana and come to Michigan in a heartbeat, I promise you. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've got Taiwan Mullen, who is their uh, – they're, they're, like, stud. He's actually struggled a little bit this year, but, like, he was good all last year. He's fine. Like, I'm sure that he's just getting off to a slow start. We have enough data to know that he's good. Um, and then they've got Jalen Williams, who's their other starter, who is, like, who has had, like, a, a really good year thus far. Um, and then they've got, like, two other guys that has stepped up in, in, like, pretty extended snaps and, like, been also pretty good. Um, you know, so, like... <laughs> Shit, it's just so annoying to see that. Could have had every single one of these guys. Like, I swear to you. Like, that's when you're competing against Indiana for recruits, you're not competing. Uh, you, you would get them. And that's, yeah, that's why we're so angry. So, you know, um, I think, you know, now that we've kind of gone down the entire team, um, if we're looking at how they match up with Michigan, uh, you know, Indiana's offense versus Michigan's defense, um, I think you're going to see, like, a similar game plan. If Michigan comes out and tries to play, play press man, um, you're going to see, uh, you know, the same game plan Michigan State had, which is like, hey, we can't really protect the quarterback, but we can throw downfield, like, you know, quickly, and we can, you know, get stuff off quickly. And, you know, it's going to work probably even better than it did with Michigan State because Indiana has better offensive players. Yeah, I mean, this is real, like, moments of truth hours for the secondary in terms of personnel and in terms of coaching and just how the <laughs> – sort of principles of defense, especially in the secondary, are viewed in this program. Um, I, I am hopeful at least these coaches kind of understand what we all saw and will try to change something. I, um, I, I, keep, I don't, I don't want to keep saying the same things I've been saying about recruiting <laughs> guys who run 4-7. <laughs> but um, I, what's a new thing I can say? Uh I think Michigan's chances, like Michigan has enough talent on the team um, to, if they play intelligently and are able to sort of exercise the demons of last week, they, they can, they can handle these guys. I mean, you know, Indiana's not athletically overwhelming or anything. This is not Ohio state. It's not even Penn state. Um, It's not even Minnesota, by the way. Uh, So yeah, I mean, Dax on walk failure is a big deal. I'll say that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that this is like, this is the kind of team that, you can, you know, we all thought after Minnesota that, you know, they, they, they'd figured it out. They'd said, like, you know, we're going to give up the little stuff and we're going to let them, we're going to make them be efficient and march down the field and we're not going to give up 50-yard bombs. And then against Michigan State, they totally <laughs> went against like, the, play, they just, the game they, plan was we'll give up 50-yard bombs every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're not going to give up any little stuff, but we're going to give up 50-yard bombs. And, I mean, look, if, if this coaching staff can't figure out what was wrong um, – you know, after Michigan State, when it was just, I mean, so, so clear what was going on, um, then then we've got real problems, as Connor has said. Um, you know, that said, like, if they're going to, if they come out and they play off coverage and they, you know, give up some little stuff like we both think they should, um, it's not going to be perfect. Like, this is going to be frustrating in that Indiana will have some drives. You know, like, they're, they're going to be able to have efficient drives. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to score some points. Like they'll probably score 21 to 30 points against this defense. Um, but 
you know, like you, we will we will eventually get this team into third and eight. At which point, you know, some one of the pass rushers is going to be able to get home, and you can boot him off the field. Um, that has to be the game plan, and you just can't. I mean, I don't know. I I, I find it hard to believe that that Michigan's going to go out there with the same game plan that they went out against Michigan State with. I mean, they they just cannot. Um, yeah, I mean, unless this is some kind of like you know. Samurai warriors charging at the cannons with their katanas waving, kind <laughs> of like you know, just like death cult situation. Um, right. I hope not. Which were, uh, yeah. I mean, look the the press the press coverage death cult. Uh, yeah, it's like I, is where we're at right now. <laughs> I will say this, and this is not meant to defend anything the coaching staff is doing right now, because I'm not going to do that. But I think something that's important for fans to hear that I got to remind myself of. You said like yeah, 21 to 30 points. Like this is the thing about the Minnesota game, right? You give up 24 points to a competent offense that has playmakers, you should win the game. Because, first of all, you should have an offense that can score more than that. That should be your, your, like, your top priority. Um, so, yeah, 21, 24 points would be a, a, a win on the defensive side of the ball. And I think one of the things you can say in defense of Don Brown and his staff over the course of his – now he's into his fifth year at Michigan is, like, they've managed to win a lot of games where their offense could not actually score you know, 21, 24 points and the defense had to hold them, the other team under that happened many many times and that's you know that's a deeper actually program program problem that we've talked about but like that's the thing here is like yeah give indiana some drives hope that their efficiency wanes and you boot them off the field sometimes hold them to field goals which is generally a win against a good team these days as much as like i think you know harbaugh and brown don't like that um yeah if you can hold them to like into the 20s you, you have a pretty good chance to win if your offensive game plan which we're gonna get into uh, utilizes your own strengths. And I, I think that this defense, I think the defense has the personnel to make that happen. Do they have the scheme and have the guys prep the scheme to do it? <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. Yep. I mean, it's, look, we, we've said it, but like if there's any hope that the Harbaugh era is going to end any other way besides like bitter disappointment, last week had to be a wake up call just from a philosophy standpoint. Um, you know, that said, the one thing you can say about Harbaugh has been, he's been very stubborn. So, you know, there's no guarantees. Um, looking at it from, you know, how Michigan matches up defensively with Indiana, um, or sorry, how, sorry, how Michigan matches up offensively with Indiana's defense. Um, I think this kind of looks a lot like, uh, like the Minnesota game. It's not going to be quite that, you know, easy because Minnesota's defense looks like it is truly, truly putrid this year. I mean, they... They, they were gashed by Maryland. Um, so I'd say, but I'd say that like, this is a totally uninspiring defensive front or de- defensive line that Michigan should be able to just, by virtue of having big guys, should just be able to move around um, with relative ease um, and, you know, pass protect against. Um, and then, you know, like they're not running the, pr- the press coverage that uh, Michigan State was. So, you know, you're, you're looking at like, Hey, we can probably get our edge stuff against them. You know, are the bubble screens, um, the the you know just the perimeter type uh, passes that you know we, we want to get. Um, we can probably run the ball up the gut to a certain extent. We can, you know, like I th- I think they can. Th- this is a this is a defense that Michigan can have success against. Um, you know, I think you don't want to see Joe Milton on passing downs um, because this is a very good secondary. Um, that you know I think Mi- <laughs> Joe Milton probably got lucky to not throw a couple interceptions against Michigan State. And I worry that if we end up in third and eight consistently, we are going to see a devastating interception from Milton. Yeah, and I mean, 
I, I agree. I will say in defense of Joe Milton, like he had to make so many tough throws in that game. Uh, it felt like every time Michigan had the ball, he's having to fit the ball in these little tight windows. And, and, and sometimes it was because he wasn't making the right reads. But like he had to be, he had to do stuff that you don't want to ask even the very best college quarterbacks to do consistently because they weren't giving him any help um, in how they were approaching first and second downs. So yeah, I, I'm still I'm still like fairly hopeful for Milton. We'll get I think we'll get into other dimensions of that in a second. But I mean, he, like what you just said about the edge game. If I were to return to my good vibes from the post Minnesota game, I would say like look at this defense. You say like all right, linebackers solid, athletically limited. Safeties solid, athletically limited. It's like get in losers. We're going to the edge. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, it, the guys that, that Michigan has and the ways they have to exploit. Uh, the, the you know defenses laterally, whether it's the screen game with guys like Jackson, Corum, Henning, or whether it's guys like um, you know whether it's guys like Henning or Corum coming out of the backfield, sweeping, going into motion, you know, uh, doing a reverse of some kind. Like those guys, they can pull that stuff off. We've seen them do it, um, and and you can't do that every play, obviously, because defenses will start keying into it. But like. Regardless, you know, Corum and Henning are some of those guys that, like, even if even if some of the def- defenders sniff out what you're doing, um, they can just beat you to that spot. And and I think Corum's uh, been amazing. I, I think honestly, a dark horse for this team if things are going to improve is Henning. Because the thing about Henning is he doesn't have the best forty time on the on the offense. He has one of the best. I mean, one of the best like hundred meter t- dash times of any recruit in the country. But like, what he does that amazes me is he gets to top speed so fast. Um, that is just an yeah. incredibly electric dude. And, you know, I mean, if Michigan's going to get better this year, they're going to need to use him um, and his buddies, Jackson and Corum, who have similar athletic gifts, to just find creative ways to get to the edge over and over again. And they should be able to do that against Indiana. Um, you know, as long as they don't do that every single time, it, it should be there a lot. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a defensive front I think Michigan should be able to handle. I think this is a an exploitable, you know, athlete, a, a team that is exploitable athletically. Like, if, if they come in with, you know, I think a lot of the problems against Michigan State were, you know, one, not getting the domination up front that they got against Minnesota, obviously. But, you know, like, also just, like, game, game plan. Like, they they did not have, like, quarterback run turned on until, like, halfway through the game. And that's that's on the coaches. Like, I'm not using an excuse. Like, that's that's a byproduct of this, this team thinking that they could, you know, easily handle Michigan State, which they just clearly could not. Um, and so this, I will say like this offensive staff is not going to make that decision or make that same mistake this week. I have to imagine like you, you know, that they they see this as a must win game. Um, so, you know, I, I expect, you know, if I, if I had to guess, I, I expect that Michigan will have, you know, pretty consistent success against this defense. Um, you know, I just, it's about, you know. It's about how often, how 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 um efficient can you stay, and how often can you get into easy you know third down situations, um and and not you know make Joe Milton throw into this this very good secondary. Yeah, and I think like we saw Michigan stay away from the good corners who are the only good part of Minnesota's defense. Um, you don't need to throw it T1 Mullen probably all game unless you're forcing yourself repeatedly into long third downs. Uh, you know, I just hope they just stay away from him. Like, just take him out of the game as much as possible. Um, I know the other corner's good, too. But, like, you know, again, I, I think that if things are going well, you don't need, you're not going to need to test the corners a ton here. Um, what would help, a couple things that would help, would be if uh, <laughs> if Eric All would actually just catch a ball. I don't need to see the best hands on the team. I just need to see a catch. 
<laughs> that would be two a big rough relief. Catch, two rough drops so far this year. Yeah, he's like three, I think. Anyway, he's got he's he's not looked good in the catching department. So I hope that turns around. Um, I like him as a player a lot. Athletically, he looks great. Um, you know, like we said, like you know, the screen game, short passing game. You know, you can probably go up the gut on Indiana a good amount too because their defensive tackles are not amazing. Um, that'll be there. I hope. I, I would say you know the thing that, that the final piece of the puzzle for Michigan to kind of like get back to looking like they looked like against Minnesota. We need to see if Milton has any kind of deep ball game, and I know that people aren't optimistic. I was going to say. Well, here's the thing about Milton. Like, he doesn't arc throws very well, and when he does, they tend to be just wildly inaccurate, and we don't have a ton of data on that. I mean, I'm, we're kind of fearing the worst, which is that he's just not, doesn't have that in his game yet. Despite having the, the arm strength to get it there, he doesn't have the, you know, the touch and the arc and all those things um, to give receivers time out in the open. I think if you're in Michigan, you want to try that a couple times in this game and, and hopefully have it look credible. Um, because you do want to, and I always said don't test the corners and that would involve testing the corners, but I just mean like, it's something Michigan needs to work on at game speed um, if they want to have a chance against tougher opponents. And I think if you can hit them, it would really help a lot in this game too. Uh, I mean, we're all worried because we haven't seen Milton throw a good you know, deep shot yet this year. And, and hey, hopefully he surprises us. Yeah, um, I agree, uh, and it's just you know, I think I think the thing is that this the you're probably gonna have some pretty good success running the ball, and then the safeties are gonna probably come up, and then you have to be able to go behind them. And Milton's looked, I mean, straight up very bad throwing the ball, you know, anywhere deeper than twenty yards. Um, so you know, you do want to see some development from him. I'm, I'm not trying to trash on Milton too much, um, but. Uh, so let's let's move into predictions here, um, Connor. What is your prediction for this game? Uh, I predict a pretty hard-fought game that Michigan game plans for much better, which means that they will not stop Indiana from scoring, and Indiana will be somewhere like I said in that that twenty-one, twenty-four point range. And then I think Michigan will be, you know, about a touchdown or maybe a little bit more ahead of them at the end of the day. I would say Michigan will be kind of in like the low to mid thirties if I had to pick. Um, and I expect Michigan to win a game that is definitely contested, but doesn't feel like one where Michigan's going to need like heroics and, mirac- and miracles to win. Uh, just because I, I, you know, we all saw what we saw in the Minnesota game and Minnesota's not as good as people thought preseason, but I think they're still better than there than like, Oh, two. they, they still, they still should have been Maryland and they still have a good offense. So like, I think Michigan can get it together here and can get it done in a way that is somewhat reassuring, though definitely not, like, stomping out Indiana and, like, making a statement, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I, I do agree. Um, I would say also also we should say that uh, Vegas thinks Michigan's about a three-point favorite. Which is um, so infuriating. Let us be an underdog. <laughs> I know. I want, I want that, uh, that upset victory. Like, geez, you know, small, uh, small victories here. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that... I think that the, you know, that you're going to know within like five minutes whether or not Michigan is like going to win this game. That's my like weird prediction. Like if, like I think, I think just like it's a vibes thing with this team. And I think like you could, you could totally see this team coming out like just so demoralized and flat and like not really making the right adjustments or just not making the adjustments enough and being stubborn and, you know, trying to run the ball up the gut with no quarterback and trying to play press man on, like, a good a good group of receivers. 
and like you could see this being just like kind of an embarrassing debacle that they lose by like you know i don't know i don't see them losing by like 20 but like i could see them losing by 10 and that would be you know horrendous and they'd be one and two um but you could also just see like an efficient running game and uh you know it looks like they're bullying indiana up front and they're playing off coverage and getting in enough third and longs that you know they're getting sacks and, and booting them off the field enough that they like win relatively comfortably like they did last year um you know if, if i'm making a prediction i i guess i'll say michigan michigan 32 indiana 25 um I, you know, Indiana's going to have success against this defense. I think Michigan's going to have success against Indiana's defense. Um, I do think Michigan is the overall better team. And I think we've seen Michigan bounce back from, you know, mind-boggling early season losses like this under Harbaugh. Um, and, uh, you know, not that it's going to be terribly um, satisfying, but, you know, I, I think that they'll, they, they have to realize what's wrong after last week. Yeah, and I think the, the vibes thing, I agree totally. You'll, I think you will know pretty quickly. Um by now we know what a Harbaugh team that's in trouble looks like. It's it's the team that is like getting stuffed on like second and nine and losing two yards, and then we're like, huh, okay. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> we've seen it a million times now uh, with like four different offensive coordinators. Um, so you will know quickly, and I think that as, as much as the key matchup is going to be, uh, you know, the Indiana passing attack against Michigan secondary, that is crucial. I do think really though it's going to be trenches because Michigan State won in the trenches. Um, you know Lombardi faced less pressure than uh, than Milton, and just in general they won both you know both line matchups in that game. Um, Michigan should be able to beat Indiana you know uh, in the trenches on both sides. Um, if they do that, I think their chances are very very good in this game, and they'll have a decent margin of error. If if they don't, uh, it's it's time to you know to start hitting the eject pod in many senses here. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this, I mean, this is a referendum game. Um, not, I'm not even saying that them winning this game would be like a huge, like, uh, th- would really get me all the way back on the train. Um, it definitely wouldn't, but like losing this game could really put me in a spot where I'm like, okay, um, you know, start, start looking up like what, what are, who are good pow- uh, group of five coaches, um, to hire. <laughs> And you realize, oh no, they're all Ohio State guys, literally. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, Luke Fickle, King. Like, how much, how much do we have to pay you to forget that you hate Michigan? <laughs> Fickle, Halfley. Like, there's a couple other Ohio State guys too. Like, that's that's the coaching tree that is providing the hot young candidates now. <laughs> Dude, fuck. <laughs> uh, I know, man. It's it's a diet. We are in a special hell. Um, so, anyway, uh, Connor, thanks for joining me. Um, I think we'll we'll try to cut it short here. Uh, we got places to be, books to write, um, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we will see, we'll talk to you guys next week on the Ace Pod, and then probably for a, well, actually, there probably won't be a preview pod next week, because <laughs> Wisconsin, there's no way Wisconsin is going to be able to play in, in, in a week. Yeah, we're, our projection for that game is bye week, I guess, at this point, yeah, so. Um, absolutely. So. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Win. We'll, we'll hopefully, right. next time you hear from us, hopefully we'll be in a better mood. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, talk to you later, Connor. Thanks, guys.